It's Two Brain Radio. Every week, we'll deliver top-shelf tactics to help you improve your fitness business and move you closer to wealth. And now, here's your host, the most interesting man in fitness, Chris Cooper. Today's episode is brought to you by Ignite Gym. In the Legends of Illumina episode, we talked about brain wads and doing cognitive training for the elderly population specifically. But if you're interested in working with any cognitive population, and that could be enrichment, it could be tutoring, it could be working with autism, PTSD, concussion, Ignite Gym is for you. And the Ignite Gym 101 course really sets the foundation for working with those populations from assessment to program design to coming up with your own brain wads to how to follow along with ours and how to interact with other Ignite Gym professionals. It's live right now for another 10 days, ignitegym.com. You can see all the info there. This episode is also brought to you by SpinalFit.co. Last week, Dr. Philip Carlisle and I recorded a live webinar using the SpinalFit Spinal Warm-Up. You'll get to see all the spinal basics. I'll have a link to it in show notes here. You can see T's and Y's and leg swings and how he prepares an elderly population or just a seated population like me or people with back injury for a warm-up. The Spinal Fit Seminar is coming April 2nd. You'll find all the details on SpinalFit.co or the Spinal Fit Facebook page. On today's show, we've got Tommy Hackenbrook and Ken Andrew Cow. Tommy owns Ute CrossFit. At one time, he owned three locations, and he's going to talk a lot about the struggles of owning multiple boxes, uh, how the market has changed, and how he's had to learn to be good at business, that being a renowned games athlete is not enough to be successful. I think there's a really profound message there. Ken is the owner of Reebok CrossFit Ramsey up in Calgary. This man is solid when it comes to systems. And the reason that I wanted to have these two guys on the show is kind of as a counter to one another who started off kind of from different ends of the spectrum and are now working together on this new you challenge. Now, of course, before we get into this, I do want to make a bit of a disclaimer. Not every thing we talk about on this podcast is something that I advocate for. Sometimes it's not even something that I agree with, but my job here is to provide a broad spectrum of ideas. The new you challenge will work. It'll work fantastically well for a lot of boxes. The question is, will it work for your box and will it work right now? Are you ready for this challenge? Because if I dump 50 new clients into a lot of boxes right now, it would actually kill them. And there's more details on that in the show notes in an article I wrote called, Are Some Gyms Growing Too Fast? Basically, if you're in a small market and you drop 30 people in really quickly, and you don't do a good job retaining those people, that's going to have a ripple effect in your market where these people uh, who came in didn't have a great experience. They tell all their friends, yeah, I tried CrossFit and it wasn't for me. And that's really your fault because you don't have time to build a relationship with them. They haven't had the best possible experience. You don't know what their goals are. It's going to be really tough to retain them. For most people, we want to build client relationships one-on-one. The biggest fallacy right now in the affiliate world is I just need more clients. And so people spend all this time trying to recruit more and more and more clients in the belief that more is better instead of trying to recruit the right clients and keep them for a decade. That's what I've been writing about now for seven years. That's what I've been podcasting about now for six months is finding the right clients and and keeping them. Some of the right clients might come to you through a program like the New You Challenge. The key, though, is to make sure that you are set up to retain these people. And so uh, after Tommy ran the program and passed it off to Ken, Ken did it a little bit differently. You're going to hear how he interviewed people. He gave them the opportunity to apply to be in his program. And now his retention numbers are better because of it. I think we're all learning along with one another right now. But if you're not keeping people, at least... 80% of your people year over year, like a 12-month retention, you really need to fix that system first. Okay, if there was backpedaling in the open, I would probably win that event. I know that. Without further ado, here are Ken and Tommy. Tommy Hackenbrook, welcome to Two Brain Radio. Thanks, Chris. It's uh, great to be here. I've been looking forward to it. So uh, maybe just a bit of background, Tommy. I mean, everybody knows you as a games athlete. Can you just share your story as a box owner, too? Yeah, um... Absolutely. I, uh, I I did CrossFit as a, a recommendation from a friend, and uh, very early on, 
saw a huge potential, you know, as, uh, from the ownership side and, and from the business end of it. Um, I was not in the fitness industry. I, um, I was 27. Um, had played college football down here in the States and um, was just doing construction, building houses. And I really wanted to be a coach. You know, I, I was kind of pictured myself as a football coach. Um, so upon kind of stepping in a CrossFit gym, it was completely brand new to me. You know, it was, it was nothing like everything I loved about CrossFit had nothing to do with, um, you know, the traditional gym culture or, or gym or whatnot. So, um, yeah, really I looked at it as it felt like team training. It felt like, you know, the, all the sports I've been involved in my whole life. Um, and I liked the camaraderie. I liked just the, the fundamental values that CrossFit promoted, you know, of hard work and uh, kind of perseverance and overcoming adversity just, you know, by by pushing through workouts. Um, so, yeah, I really liked a lot about it. Basically, within a couple months of joining a gym, um, I was pretty much dead set on opening my own. Um, so I did that back in 2009. Um came out to Utah to, uh, to open an affiliate and it was kind of a good time in my life. I was looking to get out of construction because I'd recently, um, just welcomed first baby into the world. And, um, you know, he changed my perspective on a lot of things and I, I kind of made me think hard about what I wanted to be doing long term. Um, you know, every day, day in and day out and how I wanted my family life to be. And so, um, opening the gym just kind of, I guess made sense in a lot of ways. It was a, uh, you know, huge risk. Um, basically went from just getting completely out of the construction industry and full-time box owner with no supplemental income, um, you know, within a couple of weeks. So it, it was kind of just put myself in a situation where I like failure was not an option. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was, a, it was a rough first year, but, uh, you know, then it got really good, and uh, there's been a lot of ups and downs, but, uh, you know, I still love what I do every day. Okay, um, so what surprised you about opening a box, Tommy? Um, you know, early on, it was, like, I, I don't know, I mean, I, I just, it, it was weird, I think, because of the gym I started at. I just had such a strong belief and such a strong fire. And I know this is like 90% of people who open gyms, it's the same way. Like you're just so fired up about it. I didn't have anything, any doubt in my mind that it would be successful. Like I just kind of assumed that I'd open the door and people would walk in and sign up. And, um, you know, they, they kind of did in a way. Like it took a while for, for it to get going and build momentum, but it kind of happened, you know, and everything I'd read and researched, which I was doing nonstop when I first opened because I didn't, know where to start um but everyone said you know just you know coach people hard and you know treat them good and and your box will just kind of grow organically that's what i kept hearing you know throughout the community so um that was kind of cool you know i was kind of surprised that it actually did happen that way um i, I think the hardest thing for me the, the biggest surprise i don't know if you're just talking about early on but like Really, the biggest surprise for me was um, how difficult it was to try to expand it to multiple locations, um, and, and that was that, that's caused all kinds of headaches. But um, that that was the biggest surprise to me is I thought that if I went from one gym to two or, or two to three, that kind of the community would grow with it, and it'd just be like like more options for people, more class times, more more specialty classes, like all these positives and. It, it almost hurt the community more. I feel like I just couldn't spread that, you know, too thin. Like, it, I almost think it's better to kind of have each standalone gym operate as its own thing. Um, you know, I don't think it's bad to let a membership be good at, at different locations, but I just don't see – I see each gym developing their own culture. And I have two gyms right now that I'm running, and they're two miles apart. They're, like, you know, so close together, and they still each have their own kind of distinct culture. There is some crossover, but – um, not nearly as much as I thought. Okay, and I want to talk about 
um, like having systems in place and stuff like that later when we're starting to talk about marketing. But um, would you say that when you expanded to the other gyms that you had systems in place that would let them run automatically or was that part of the issue that was missing? Uh, I, I assume, just listened to you a lot, and, um, you know, heard your stuff, I assume you're kind of a fan of the E-Myth, um, is, yeah. that, is that correct? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so I, I didn't read that book until after I expanded to three gyms, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was kind of like, a friend's like, you, I've been telling you to read this book for two years, like, you need to read it, you son of a bitch, you know, so <laughs> I, mean, I read it. Um did not have systems in place. You know, we did have a good established gym and some really solid trainers, which we, we were kind of running out of classes to give them. You know, all of them were kind of in a period where they felt like they wanted to grow. And so I did envision having, you know, those great trainers kind of be, become, you know, managers of those gyms. Right. So I, I did think it through, you know, in a lot of ways. But the, the funny thing is I hadn't actually ever trained them to be a manager. You know, I just assumed they would be a good manager because they'd been a good coach. Right. Um, so I did. I definitely did not have systems in place, and that that just crushed me. Man, it was uh, it was really tough, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways. Okay. So you went through an expansion and then a contraction – you know, uh, what was the highest point you got to? And then what uh, was that point of insight when you realized you had to do something differently? Well, I would say like our, our best month, um, our best two months revenue-wise were a couple years apart. One of them was when we just had our original location and our monthly lease payments for that one gym was like 4500 bucks. Wow. Um, we were, I think, maybe just over that or close to that a couple years later when I had three locations open and my month, monthly lease payments were about 20000 So, like, basically, like, we were doing so good at one gym that I thought we could just open these other ones that they grow so quickly that we'd be good. And, um, you know, they, they didn't do great. So, like, the kind of the peak was really when we had that one gym and we felt like we had to expand. Like, there was no other option. It was so crowded. And, you know, instead of maybe just looking for a bigger facility or, or kind of adding square footage to what we currently had, I thought having a second location would be a better way to go um, at the time. So, what really, uh, when the wheels came off was really, we ended up, we... We tried to sign a couple of leases. They fell through. I was feeling this immense pressure to to have another location open because our gym was so crowded. Um, and so I we decided to buy a building, uh, bought a commercial property, remodeled it, got you know estimates and bids and everything, and kind of had you know best worst case scenarios. And this construction project ended up going a year longer than our worst case scenario. And costed wow. way, way more. Wow. Um, so that was, you know, that was a big surprise. And it was something that I tried to plan for in a way, you know, plan for the worst. And it just ended up way worse. So, wow. um, so that, you know, to, to make matters worse, I guess, um, I was like, well, since this one's not going to be open for a long time and we still haven't resolved the issue of our crowded classes, I'll just go sign a lease on a third gym and open that one up right now. And, um, which is what I did. So went and signed a lease um, to a great spot, great location. It was somewhere we had wanted to expand to early on. Um, but between the time I had initially decided I wanted a gym there and when we actually signed the lease and opened the gym, two years had gone by, and three other gyms had opened right in that area. Wow. Um, you know, which, which I was kind of stubborn. I was like, well, I had the idea first, so I'm still going to go there anyway. <laughs> um, so, and that gym actually grew and did really well when we opened it um, up to a certain point. And then I think, like, right around this point, all three gyms were open and the market in our area had kind of peaked and was starting on a decline. And we just didn't have people walking in the doors like they used to without any marketing. And um, it, it kind of all hit at once. You know, I basically, the, the expansion process 
all in all took over two years. And by the time we started it, by the time we, we actually got there, um, a lot of stuff had changed and, you know, our growth had actually slowed down. And so that's when kind of the wheels came off. And so I won't get into all the details because it's too long a conversation. But yeah. since then, I ended up closing one location, um, not the, the building we bought. So we have an original location. We have the building that we bought. And then that third one that I signed the lease on, that's, we're, that's still costing us money. But we closed it because uh, all of a sudden we just didn't even have the staff to to do a good job. And I felt like our quality was suffering at all three. And it wasn't a fun decision, but I felt like the only decision we had was to close one and try to you know, salvage those two and do as good of a job as possible at those two and kind of just rebuild ourselves. Okay. So when you reach that kind of that bottom point, um, you actually did take some action with marketing, right? What was that? Yeah, well, I closed the gym in April um, of last year. In 2015, we saw a drop in, in overall gym revenues every single month. Um, until this fall, we're able to, to stop the, the bleeding and actually we're, we're climbing again. So um, I heard about a marketing program in around August, September, sometime in there. And, you know, we launched it. It's, uh, you know, New You six-week challenge. So we launched that in September and ran one, and we added 45 people into this challenge group with about six days of, of marketing. Um, ran them through six weeks, and then we ran another one in November. And I kept that one a little smaller because of the holidays. So we added about 33 people that time ran that for six weeks and um and then the most recent one we're just about to wrap that up we uh we started that in january and we brought in 75 people for that and we're almost wrapped up and getting ready to uh start marketing for the next one so um the, the key on those is and we'll get into this is really the retention you know it's it's great to add 40 people for a six-week challenge um you know and, and run it and it's a lot of fun and they they see some good progress but our, our really main focus right now is on retention because we really want um, committed long-term clients and we want to grow you know, that recurring revenue um, first and foremost. Okay. So before we get into the marketing piece on how you got these people to sign up, what is the New You Challenge? Uh, so the New You Challenge is um, essentially, uh, I'll just give you a quick history. The guy who created his name is James Ebner. He owns a gym in Las Vegas. Uh, he's, a, he's an affiliate owner. And he uh, has an internet marketing background. So he's, he's kind of got a, a unique skill set, you know, as a CrossFit gym owner. He's, he's actually had some professional poker experience as well. Um, oh. An internet marketing background. So uh, really, really bright guy. I, I kind of refer to him as like a marketing savant. I don't know exactly how he does it or, or what is, you know, if there's tricks or if he's just, you know, he's just wired that way, but he, he's just a great marketing guy. So he tried some different things at his gym, um, basically through trial and error, running about, uh, I think it's between six and 10, he said, um, you know, different, different deals. Um, he, he just got it tuned in and then, you know, he did this one and knocked out of the park and he's been doing this at the gym for a couple of years. So last summer, he's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to take this to a couple other gyms and see if it works because it, it works so well at his gym. And he did that and had incredible success. And, you know, they're like telling their buddies, hey, you've got to do this. Like, this is awesome. And every single gym he's, he's done it with, um, the results are, are just staggering. I mean, how many people he's able to get in your gym signed up. Um, and so basically what the program is, is, is he runs all the marketing. Um, the gym owners take take these clients, these, these potential clients, and interview them uh, with 15-minute interviews, and you get them signed up, and then you run the challenge. So, you know, as a gym owner, you're you're interviewing them, you're you know signing them up for your gym, you're running through the process, and um, you know the way James gets compensated, the way he structures his company is he gets a commission off everyone who signs up. So. If you sign up zero people, you don't pay him. And, and he's kind of fronting the money for the marketing. So he, he's taking a lot of risk um, as far as, you know, running the program. But 
uh, because he's so good at it. I think it's, you know, it's calculated risk. And, uh, you know, for me as a gym owner, it's nice because it doesn't cost me a dime out of pocket. Uh, the people actually pay the price we have set for the state is $250. Um, we're doing up in Canada at a price point of 375 Canadian. And, um, you know, so the split 60, 40. So down here, he takes 150 and the gym takes a hundred. And, um, you know, and then after that, if that client sticks around, that's, that's just recurring revenue. You know, it's kind of for him, it's like a one-time hit, um, that he gets a commission on the sale basically. Okay. So how has retention been? You know, have you guys uh, managed to keep any numbers on keeping clients? How long do they stay? What percentage stick around? Yeah, I'd say, um, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, I'd say there's like a caveat to it. So okay. for, for the first one we did, I think we kept 18 out of, out of the 45 or 43, um, which was, you know, a little under 50%. Like I'd like it to be around 50%. It would be awesome. Even at 20%, um, it still works for us. You know, although it's, it feels like it's a little more work than, than I want to do. Um, and now the caveat is, like at least for my gym, we had a pretty established clientele. We have, we've been open almost seven years, um, a lot of long-term members. So they basically referred everyone they know, um, you know, and, and they've been bugging people. And, and if they know someone who CrossFit is a good fit, they're already at the gym. Right. So the best thing about this program for me personally um, has been just getting that new blood through the gym. And it's a whole new pipeline of referrals. So I've already had a bunch of referrals from the first challenge I ran for the people who attended it, where they attended it and they had such a good experience. Now they're dragging their friends in either to just join the gym or to do, you know, one of our more recent challenges. So, um, so for me personally, the retention's been 40%. Um, I don't have exact numbers from any other gyms. Mm-hmm. I know James has like over, over a hundred partners right now, I think different gyms he's working with. Um, and it, he's been doing this basically about eight months now, um, as far as, as taking it to other gyms and partnering with them. So it's, it's still pretty recent to get like exact retention numbers, but I, I'll just say for me personally, it's worth it. Um, it, it's definitely been worth them definitely retaining enough people that it's, 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 you know, it's reversed my, my revenue stream where I was losing money every month. Um, you know, such I think. Um, I was joking with Ken. I was like, when I first heard about this challenge, um, the guy who reached out to me was August Schmidt. He owns East Valley CrossFit in Phoenix. He, he owns a really good gym. He's a great businessman, great gym owner. Um, so he reached out to me. He was referred to me by, by an athlete in my area. She's like, hey, I think you know Tommy might be interested in this. Well, she was talking to him. So he called me. I was vacuuming my floor because I had fired my cleaners so I couldn't afford them. <laughs> um, so I'm sitting there vacuuming my floor you know, about 10 a.m. and not working out, not training because keeping the gym clean at that point was more important to me because I was, you know, we were just, we were losing, you know, and I was basically brainstorming in my head and that's a strategy for, for that original, that original building uh, where we first opened our gym. Um, I was kind of planning on how to close that and consolidate just into one location. So that's kind of what was run through my head when, uh, when August called me. And he talked to me about the challenge and, um, you know, so, so like for me, that was, you know, a huge thing to, to have that happen. And, um, you know, to go from thinking about how I'm going to close another location, you know, in the same year, go from three to two or three to one to now at this point, I will only focus on growth and, and not opening more gyms. <laughs> I've learned that lesson, but, um, you know, we, we're only focused on growing and just making our business better and, and refining our systems now. Um, we can kind of, you know, take a breath at this point. Um, and that was September. This is, you know, February that we're talking. So it's happened very quickly for us. Right. So what have you learned so far about, like, how to retain people better after the after the challenge is over? What's the process? Do they just go straight into a class or is there some intermediary step? Um, yeah, absolutely right into a class. I've, I've definitely had some people that want to do another challenge and 
when they do, about halfway through, they're like, can I do regular classes now? Um, it's people don't understand. They don't realize how far they progress in six weeks. So I, you know, the, the goal for me is always to have them go right into regular classes. I look at this um, as a six-week on-ramp program, which to me is, is genius. It's the way I would have always done my on-ramp. If you could have guaranteed me, I could add 15 people at a time, you know, in a week. Like the, I think the hardest thing about doing a six-week on-ramp is telling people, hey, you know, you got to wait four weeks before you can join our gym. Nobody wants to hear that. So, you know, in a, with the ability to fill classes up very quickly, it allows us to do that. So, um, you know, my number one concern is that people get a great workout every day because that's what they're paying for. And in having six weeks and 18 sessions, we can be patient. We have a lot of time to teach new movements and to get them comfortable. But everybody's ready for a regular program after six weeks. You know, psychologically, they might not think they're ready, um, but physically they're ready. And like the last week of the challenge with my programming, you know, the first three weeks is basically where I introduce all the movements and, and still get them a good workout every day. Um, the next two weeks is a lot of review of those same movements, you know, just mixing them in, in different varieties, um, you know, to, to kind of keep these people progressing. And then the last week of our challenge, we just do the same program as a normal class. And so we, when we work with those people, we're like, hey, you know, this is day 16. You got two more days left. We're doing the same workout as those guys right over there. You're going to do the same exact thing. And, you know, so at the end of the session, you'll really understand that you can do this stuff. You know, if this is something you like and if you're happy about your results, there's nothing holding you back from jumping in and, and doing CrossFit. So that, that's been one thing that's worked well for us. Um, you know, and the other thing so far, you know, we're, we're trying to get better retention every time. So we're, we're kind of tweaking it and doing different things. But this time we create a Facebook group. Um, you know, we've been doing some stuff with that, like posting demo videos of the movements so they know what they're doing the next day, um, which has been useful. I think they just like to have that communication to them. Um, we've also, when we think, oh, I, I really push them to sign up with a friend um, or, or a sister, or a, you know, buddy or whatever, husband. So if we can get two people signed up together, their, um, you know, the uh, accountability is much higher. And they're much more likely to stick around and, and follow through with it. Okay. Anything surprise you about the audience? Like, were they less fit than you thought they were going to be the first time you came across them? Or were they uh, scared of CrossFit? Like, what stopped them from joining your gym before? Um, it's, there's a really broad mix. Um, you know, some people came through and, and knew about CrossFit, knew they wanted to do it. They were just like, yeah, I just saw this thing on Facebook, and that just kind of made me, you know, pull the trigger. You know, it was, it was someone who would have signed up for a gym in the next couple months regardless, but because they saw that ad, you know, they clicked on it, and they ended up coming to us okay. instead of maybe someone else. Um, a lot of people have been wanting to do it for a long time, but just weren't, weren't sure they could do it. You know, most people aren't confident enough that they can do CrossFit because they really don't understand what the gym culture is like and, you know, and how patient we are as trainers. They think that they have to be really fit to do it. Um, that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions out there. And the people who really need CrossFit and are willing to, to pay for the coaching are, are exactly those people, you know. So um, that's probably our biggest group of people that we've attracted is, is this audience of people who – they know CrossFit's good or else they wouldn't have clicked on the app. You know, they've seen a friend who's gotten great results or, or they've, you know, they've heard something about it. Maybe they've heard bad stuff about it too. But regardless of that, it's undeniable that CrossFit works. Like it's, yeah. it's out there. People know. Um, so they know that they're just not confident enough to do it. And so this is really a, a beginner oriented program. Uh, we, you know, we say in the marketing, we, we tell people, you know, this is for beginners. A lot of what we do is women-only classes. Um, you know, this is for people who are maybe too intimidated. They're afraid they're too out of shape. Like, we just get rid of every single excuse. You know, we put them in a safe, comfortable environment, and then we teach them CrossFit. Okay. Tommy, is there ever a time when this might not be a good fit for a gym? Um, yeah, absolutely. If your gym crowded that you can't handle 
you know, opening up classes to new clients, um, it, it'd be, you know, a really dumb idea. Uh, you know, if the gyms really focus on, like, kind of private training, um, you know, or, like, small group type of stuff, and, you know, that's the main focus, and they don't want a high volume of people all at once, um, you know, it's not a good fit. This is really, this isn't for, you know, necessarily people who are going out of business, but it's, it's for people who have maybe, like a newer gym, it's perfect. It's a good way to get a lot of bodies in there really quickly. Um, someone who's in a position like I was, where you've been really busy, and now, you know, because of maybe a little saturation in the market, or, you know, maybe, you know, just uh, there's been some stagnation, you just need some new blood through the gym or something like that. Um, it's a great idea. You know, if you're expanding to a bigger location or, or to multiple locations, like anyone who wants to grow their membership, um, this is, is really for them. And, you know, the, in, in kind of interviewing potential gym owners, partners, because I've done a lot of kind of interviewing people and talking to them about it. If, if someone reaches out to me and wants to do this, the first thing I do is make sure it's a good fit. Um, you know, because if it's not, they're not going to buy in. They're not going to, um, you know, if it's not something they really want to do, it's, it's kind of a waste of everybody's time and money. Um, if it is something they want to do, it's, it's a huge win-win for everybody. So in interviewing them, this is kind of what I look for. I look for making sure they have enough space to either run two classes at once or they're committed enough to open up space to run these classes because you have to be able to run a group of 15 to 20 people um, you know, during semi-peak hours. You, know, you can't just run this challenge at 11 a.m. And, and 2 p.m., no one's going to sign up. It's, it's going to be really frustrating. Um, you're going to have to interview, you know, 500 people to get 50 signups or 20 signups. Um, if you offer a 6 a.m. and a 6 p.m. class, you'll interview 100 people. You'll get 40 people signed up. Um, so it's, it's really if you're committed enough to open up the time and, you know, if you have the coaches that are capable of doing this and you don't have to have a rock star like CrossFit Games athlete coach, um, a lot of times the best coaches are just kind of more the cheerleader type of coach. Um, or, you know, and, and I don't mean that derogatory way. I just mean like um, you're working with total beginners. You know, they just, they want someone to, who's, who's kind of encouraging and motivating um, more than anything. You know, you, you watch anybody who does CrossFit in the first six weeks, everything works. You don't need a specialized program. You don't, you know, you just get people moving and doing functional movements. They're going to get fitter. They're going to lose fat. So um, a coach who's going to create a really good, fun environment is kind of the best fit for this. So, um, yeah, absolutely there's, there's gyms that this is not a good fit for. Um, but basically, I'll screen you out of the process. You know, if it's like I've already told a few gyms no, and it was like a mutual thing. It's like I could just tell them, like, hey, I don't think this is really a good time to do this year, Jim. You know, hit me up down the road if, if you're in a different situation, if you have more availability, if you get that coach hired. You know, that until you have these pieces in place, let's just kind of hold off on it. And, um, you know, so we're really careful about that because I don't, I, I don't want to work with anybody who's not, who it's not a home run for. And every gym I've worked with has been totally stoked about this, um, really pleased with the whole thing. They want to do it again. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been, you know, it's fun to see them as excited about it as I am because it, it helped turn my business around. And, you know, it's been huge for, for my family and, and for my trainers. Okay, man. So right now there are a thousand gym owners, uh, you know, with their finger on Gmail. Uh, where can people reach you if, <laughs> if they do want to talk to you more about this? Yeah, they can reach me um, through email. It's just Tommy, T-O-M-M-Y, at youcrossfit.com. Um, they can, you know, message me on, on social media or whatever. The email's you know, the best way. Um, also, anyone, you know, if they want a, a reference or something like that, um, Ken Andrew Andruco, he's uh, the owner of Reebok Crosser Ramsey up in Calgary. He's one of the first guys I connected with. Um, I met him at an open workout last year. I, I went up there as a, a Reebok athlete uh, with Albert Dominique LaRue. Excuse me. You know, we went head-to-head, -head and um, Albert beat me, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Home and, turf. Uh, so, fell in love with, uh, with Calgary. Uh, spent a day up at Banff with my wife, and I uh, was just absolutely amazing up there. And I kept in, in touch with Ken ever since. 
And so after this worked for me, um, you know, I reached out to him. Um, you know, he's down in Mexico working on something. I spoke with his manager. So anyway, Ken, Ken's someone that I've worked on with this. And, um, you know, he sent me a couple of referrals already. And so we're kind of, you know, it's funny. We both have the same mindset. We both finished doing this and we were really pleased and happy about how it worked. And both of us had the same reaction. It's like, wow, I want to share this with like, all my friends who are kind of in the same situation I was, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of gym owners who, especially people who've been around a long time, um, who kind of were there when it was super easy when CrossFit was like, everyone was coming in and join your gym. And then we've all seen, you know, our clients open a gym down the street, our trainers open a gym down the street, which is, it's all positive, but it, there's also a little bit of stress that goes with that. You know, you, you lose some really loyal members and you know, there's, it, it's kind of tough. So, Ken and I both were in the same situation. We're like, man, I just really want to like share this with, you know, my homies that have been in the game for a long time and um, could really benefit from this. So um, he's helped me reach out to people. He'd be a good reference. You know, if anyone wants to, to just fact check and make sure I'm not full of crap, um, you know, they can reach out to Ken as well. <laughs> he can, uh, he signed up to 80 people in like six days. Um, it was, it was insane. He, it was a, uh, James started running the ads up there in Calgary, and I had it set up so I get an email alert every time someone books an appointment. And my phone was buzzing like every five minutes. I think Ken had like 400 to 450 leads after three days of of running the ads, and then we we shut down the ads. So basically, we ran an ad campaign for like three or four days, and he had more leads than he knew what to do with. He signed up 80 people, and he had like 25 people pay a 50 dollar deposit. Um, to join his next challenge. So he had, you know, his is, is a little bit um, even better than most, you know, so it's, it's not like don't expect that to be the case with everybody. Um, but basically everybody I've worked with, you know, has, has been totally pleased and has been able to sign up at least 20 members, a lot of them closer to 50 or more um, yeah. in under two weeks. Okay, we're going to be talking to Ken too. Uh, because he is a guy with solid systems and we're going to try and get some tips from him. But Tommy, uh, last question. And this just spurred as you were talking, do you think it's more important to be good at business now as a box owner than it was three years ago? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's never a bad time to be good at business. Yeah. But, um, I, uh, I don't know if this is, you know, correct terminology, but I, I kind of feel like I was a victim of good circumstances. Um, as far as when I opened my gym, the circumstances are great. People are just coming through the door and we're really doing a good job. Like we're, we're hustling and we loved coaching. We're trying to make people better. But looking back, um, I still have a long ways to go, but looking back, I was, you know, inept in a lot of areas, uh, business wise and, you know, what about a lot of things the wrong way? So, in doing that, like when, when my clientele started shrinking a little bit and when I was having, you know, these issues with my gyms and all of a sudden they weren't growing, I had no, I, I had nothing to fall back on. I had no way of acquiring new members. Right. I had no marketing system that I'd ever used, nothing that had worked. I never had to market to get athletes. And so I was like completely paralyzed, didn't know what to do. I, I really didn't know how to get athletes through the door. Um, before this came along. So now like I'm, I'm learning as much as I can. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, three years ago, you could not have a clue what you're doing and you're still going to have some success just by putting a CrossFit sign up on the door. And, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing, you know, how, how easy it was. Um, but on the flip side, you know, there's a lot of people I know that are struggling right now um, because they haven't had to learn how to do stuff. You know, I think if you can open a gym today and be successful two years from now, you're going to be successful for a long time. Um, you know, in 2010, 2011, that wasn't the case. I think you could pretty much open a gym and be successful in two years, no matter what you did. That's, that's tremendous insight, man. Um, okay. Thanks a lot, Tommy. And, um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to roll over to Ken here. All right. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Love your podcast. All right, Ken, welcome to Two Brain Radio. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Can you just tell us a little bit about your history in CrossFit so that people get a sense of how long you've been around? 
sure. Um, I guess I would be considered one of the OGs of the CrossFit world. Um, I've personally been doing CrossFit for a little over 14 years. Um, we've been affiliated now going on a decade. Um, I found it uh, because I was, I've always considered myself fit. I've always been an athlete. Um, I rode a uh, bike for, for uh, Team Canada. Um, and I played a lot of hockey, so on. And so I've always wanted to stay fit. I was uh, years ago running a private equity fund. And uh, I was traveling about 300 days a year. Um, and I, I, I needed to figure out a way to always sort of put my health and wellness uh, first. And so I would always go to the gym and, and do what I thought was right. And one day, um, I actually came across a, a local TV news um, show in California, and Greg Glassman was on talking about CrossFit. And um, what I found was that he was uh, it seemed very knowledgeable, spoke eloquently, um, and he, he kind of caught my interest. And he talked about this workout back then called Fran. Um, and I, I didn't think it was that big a deal <laughs> uh, until I went the next day and tried it. And like, the, like everyone else's story about their first CrossFit workout, it kicked my butt. And I, and I started to think that maybe I was doing the wrong things uh, for my own fitness. Uh, I started following it. And, I, and I've been following it religiously ever since. Um, when I retired from uh, the finance world, um, I, I, I was haunted by this question of my colleagues, which was, how do you always stay fit with such a crazy schedule? And they were all sort of living the same lifestyle as I, I was. And I, I thought to myself, maybe I can help them. Uh, because the question for me was simple to answer. I just put my health and wellness as my priority. And they put their jobs as their priority, and they were kind of going nowhere fast. And um, so I, I kind of approached a bunch of them and said, "Listen, I can help you, um, and I'll program your your nutrition, your fitness into your day with the help of your um, assistants. And um, no matter where you are traveling in the world, um, I'll make sure you're getting your workouts in and you're eating properly." And hopefully it'll change your life and put you on a better path. So I got about 20 guys when I first started. Um, and I, I did it all from my home. And eventually uh, I had a bunch of friends contact me um, outside of that financial world and say they wanted to work out with me. And my coaching career kind of started from there. I started working in my basement and my garage and then a small box, and then a bigger one and a bigger one till today, which were 11,000 square feet. Um, some are in the area of 350 to 400 athletes that we work with. I program for about 30 athletes across North America um, for remote coaching. Um, so, yeah, we're busy. Yeah, by every measure, a successful box owner. So, uh, how did you hear about Tommy's new you challenge? But Tommy had been up uh, in Calgary to do a um, open event for Reebok with us, and um, we kind of hit it off and got chatting, and um, we've stayed in touch since last year. And he called me sort of out of the blue one day and said, "I I got this challenge. I really want you to try it. Um, it's been great for us." Um, and I think in his words, it was, it, it saved my box. Um, and, you know, I trust Tommy, um, but I was a bit skeptical um, because, I mean, basically what he was saying was they were going to do some Facebook ads and we were going to have a whole bunch of people show up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, right. you as, as, as well as me, I'm sure, have done Facebook ads and had no one show up. <laughs> Um, so I was a bit skeptical, but he said, you know, it's risk-free. Um, 
they pay for all the Facebook ads up front, and if nobody shows up, it's 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 no cost to us. So we we jumped on it, and um, we had over 500 people um, apply to be uh, a part of the challenge, which freaked me out um, because my email was blowing up so fast I, I couldn't stay on top of it. So um, it, it became clear very quickly that these guys really knew what they were doing as far as targeting the ads to the right people. That's amazing. And do you remember the text you sent me January the 7th? Uh, you gave me some numbers there that were a real shock. And um, so, you know, if, if Tommy had come to me with this, I would have been less impressed uh, just because I don't know how he is as a businessman. Everybody knows he's this fantastic athlete. But you, I know, are solid at business. So when you take a big jump like that and you get excited about something, uh, that really makes me sit up and pay attention. Yeah, you know, um, I'm actually quite impressed with Tommy's business side. Um, he he has a lot of he has a lot of patience, and he he uh, he spends a lot of time trying new things and um, making adjustments as he goes along. Yeah, um, much like you and and I think um, myself as well. And um, this this thing has a has a, a chance of really changing the way that we uh, bring in new members to the gym. It, it's really quite substantial. Very interesting. Uh, well, tell us about that intake, man. Tell us about the interviews. Well, well the interviews is... Uh, so the way the process works um, is pretty simple. Um, an ad goes out on, on Facebook. It's attached to a video. Um, you watch the video. You apply... You click on a button that says apply now. Um, once you've uh, uh, gone through a questionnaire, that information is set, sent to the gym owner. They, that participant then has to click another button to um, set up an interview time. And uh, there are 15-minute interviews, of course, you know, because we're passionate at what we do. Those interviews never take just 15 minutes. They're usually a little bit longer. Um, <laughs> And we, Stacy and I, Stacy is our um, office manager at the gym. She and I were doing back-to-back interviews, um, about four hours or sorry, eight hours a day. Um, we had a lineup of people at at the door to the office all day long. Um, it was quite stressful. However, also very. Um, exciting because you could see that people were very passionate about wanting to change their lives and which is what we what we do on a day-to-day basis and we we spent four days um interviewing we were sold out in two so we were we we had um a hundred people sign up um and uh as i said we were sold out in two days but we continued the interviews for four days to start, you know, to tell people that, you know, we're going to be doing more of them, um, give them the opportunity to, to pre-register and, and give us their story and, and not put their interview time in, uh, aside. You know, they wouldn't have to re-interview again for the next one. So we didn't want to leave anybody high and dry. Um, but I have to say that is a exhausting process. <laughs> I'm sure uh, the types of things that you hear are enlightening. Um, we very quickly realized we needed a box of Kleenex in the uh, in the office because there were a lot of tears going. And wow, some of the stories of these women were um, amazing. So anything from abuse to um, cancer and you know more other you know other diseases and so on. It, it just uh, quite stunning that the, the the power that that this thing has to bring people in. So, Ken, why weren't these people finding you before? <laughs> I, I don't, you know, to be honest, Chris, I don't have an answer for that. I mm-hmm. don't know. I, I, I kind of put it on myself and say, you know, we weren't targeting our, our marketing well enough. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Um, but 
part of it when you when when this ad gets in front of them what it seems to do is take any intimidation away okay so that they feel free to come in and and not intimidated by the by the word crossfit or high intensity or anything else that comes along with you know exercise at that level okay so after the interview how do you handle all these clients um we broke them down into four groups um and they go three days a week, um, each group, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, we have three, three groups working, 6 a.m., noon, and 6 p.m. And then on Tuesday and Thursday, we have another group at 6 a.m., and they go again on Saturday at noon. Um, we have two coaches working with each session. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the big key for us was, making sure that we uh, communicated with our coaches, had them understand exactly what this was all about, um, and that the name of the game at the end of the day was about retention, that the six weeks was only just the beginning. Um, and, you know, part of that we put into place um, uh, uh, some dialogue between the, the, myself and, and the participants so that they understood that, you know, that we will be offering you opportunity to join the gym after, but we don't want you thinking about it now. We just want you to think about, you know, getting this good habit set. Make sure you show up every day. Make sure you're eating well. Um, and then when it comes time, we'll talk about how to uh, um, how to join the gym. And. The last, we're in our last week coming up now for for this challenge, and the amount of questions um, and interest that we have for the gym is amazing. And some some of them wouldn't wait; they they they've already signed up for the gym. Wow! Uh, I think we've had twenty so far. Hmm. Um, and the other thing we did was because of the time of year with the open starting, um, we told them that uh, if. They, they signed up for the Open. We credit their, their Open feedback to their membership. <laughs> um, and we also had our team caps and captains from the intramural be able to uh, start recruiting them, which has been uh, fun to watch, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. say the least. So yeah. it's, uh, you know, the, the big thing is just communication. Communication with our coaches, communications with our, our current members, Letting them know that you know we're going to have a, a, a large uh, group coming in, um, and that they're going to be spread out through the day. But you know they're going to be taking up some some part of the gym, and the music can't be cranking loud every workout because uh, other coaches need to be coaching. Um, it, it's super important that uh, that we that we communicated that because. Um, members can, can start feeling somewhat entitled to their space. Um, and and uh, when, when, the, when you've got another 20 or 25 people in, in the room, it, uh, it takes away from, from that a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a great point that a lot of people miss. Um, you know, people who listen to this podcast are going to hear over and over what's the best thing for the majority of your clients. And if they're not warned, I mean, dumping another 25 people into the same space that they're used to inhabiting, uh, that could be uh, negative, right? Yeah. Uh, well, one of the positives about this business is that our members spend a lot of time with us, yeah, and they they begin to think of it like they're that it's their own, um, and that's a great thing, but it also has some negative side effects to it in that. Um, when changes happen and they're not being told about them, uh, they feel a bit slighted and they want to know why they have, why they weren't told. I don't, very I don't know if you feel that or not, but I, yeah, I do. That's very insightful. Uh, is there another way that this could potentially be bad for a gym? Yeah. Well, um, I, I don't, th I think if you, if you're not set up with, um, with good coaches, um, understanding the, the purpose behind the challenge, um, you know, I guess there's two purposes, I should say. 
One is that that the people and the participants get an amazing experience and that they actually reach some of their goals. But the other um, is for long-term retention as members. And if if a coach isn't doing a good job, um, potentially your reputation can can suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, it can also negatively impact your current members to the point where if they feel like you're not being attentive to them, um, they begin to get disgruntled and leave. Um, you know, that, that's, that can be pretty serious and happen very quickly. And that would be worse than, than not bringing new people in at all, right? Absolutely, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, the CrossFit community is very small, and if all of a sudden they're out there talking about, you know, how you, you're not providing good service and they've gone to a new CrossFit gym, well the mutiny can begin to happen very quickly, I think. Right. You know, we're trying to shift momentum into the gym, but it could backfire. Yep, exactly. Okay, so how how would I know if I was ready to do something like this? Well, I, I think um, you, you have to have a discussion with Tommy or I about how much time it actually takes. Um, as I said earlier, you know, Stacy and I were interviewing eight hours a day each, so that's six two. You know, a sixteen-hour day yep. uh, of man hours um, for four days. Not everyone has that luxury, um, and if if you're trying to juggle between coaching and running interviews, it, it's not gonna it's not gonna work. You need to have people that you can rely on to you know, run classes for you while you're, while you're trying to bring in new people, um, or have staff that will do the interviews for you, whatever the case may be. Um, but you just have to know that this, this is very time consuming. Um, and if you're not set up to be able to, to change your schedule a little bit, um, have, and have that freedom, it's, it's definitely not going to work for you. Okay. So Ken, you know, bottom line, you know, you're one of the guys whose uh, opinion I hold in very high esteem. Is this worth doing for you? Uh, I I believe so. Um, we're we're gonna we're running another one. I think our ads start uh, uh, this Sunday coming up, mm-hmm. um, and the plan is that we will be doing these as our new on ramp. Um, we're in the midst of um, tr- uh, trialing the, a co-ed version of it. Um, Tom, Tommy's doing it uh, right now as we speak. He's, his ads are out, and he'll be doing interviews uh, this week. Um, so we'll have a co-ed version um, uh, starting as, as soon as we can make, you know, vet the, the, the ability to bring people in. Um, it, it it will be our new on ramp for sure, hmm. um, and it, it to me it's the most efficient way that we've been able to expose new people to the gym and keep them. Right. Um, and on top of that, the programming that is part of the challenge um, gets them ready for the gym. Like it gets them ready to come and do CrossFit. So it, it's very easy to say it becomes our new on-ramp. And is that programming, you know, the interview, text, is all that stuff included when Tommy signs people up? Yep, all okay. of everything's included. So you get a 150-some page uh, paleo um, meal guide, uh, okay. which includes recipes and shopping lists and uh, meal plans. Mm-hmm. Um it includes all of the programming for the workouts, so you don't have to worry about that. You're you're welcome to change those um, to fit your equipment needs, but um, it's the bulk of it's all done for you. All of the email automations and all of the marketing on Facebook, it's all taken care of. Um, all you need to do is be at the front door to welcome the masses <laughs> and have a good-looking front door. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Ken. Well, thanks very much, man. And I'm going to have you back on the podcast again on other topics very soon. I really appreciate you coming on here at 5 a.m. during your vacation to talk about this.
Well, Chris, I appreciate the exposure. I think that um, for the right gyms, this can be fantastic. So um, we're looking forward to, to talking to new new uh, new affiliates over the next little while and, and um, helping them out. Great, man. Where can they reach you? Uh, the best way to get me is Ken at ReebockCrossFitRamsey.com. Okay, I'll put a link in the show notes. Thanks again, Ken. Enjoy the rest of your vacation. Thank you. I'm going to add one little addendum here. After I stopped recording, Ken mentioned that all the Facebook ads actually had the word CrossFit in them, that uh, they were talking about the Reebok CrossFit Ramsey New You Challenge. I think that's really important because he did say that a lot of the people he had signed up for the interviews had been scared to try CrossFit before. So Ken's point was that it's not the word CrossFit that's scaring these people, it's how it's portrayed to them or how they have seen it in what context before. I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind here. It's time for Critical Questions. Got a question for Chris? Email chris at twobrainbusiness.com. Here's our most critical question this week. Today's question comes from Megan, and it is, what is the best marketing strategy? I think the answer to this is the same as with many other things in business. It's not that one particular trick or tactic is going to work. It's the overarching strategy that's important and consistent fulfillment of that strategy. So let me give you an example. Uh, Let's say that in your gym, you would refer to yourself as a people pleaser. You know, you tend to make exceptions for people. You give them discounts. You allow them to be late for class, early for class. Uh, You give them free personal training. And that's okay. But what you want, you know, more importantly than pleasing one person is a system that pleases the majority of people. And so when you are pleasing people, you want a system that pleases them instead of you yourself doing it every time. That's how you remove yourself from the box. When it comes to marketing, one single trick might be okay for a little while. Uh, It might get you some new clients, but what's more important is that it fits into a broader picture, a broader strategy. So you're not spending all your time chasing the next 10 clients. Let's say that you took up the new you challenge and you got 40 brand new clients and you had a retention rate of 40%. That means you've netted 16 clients. How long will these people stay with you? It, you know, maybe it's only for three months, even if it's forever, for a decade, you're still going to have to do something else to get the next 16 clients. And so while you're spending time with these 24 clients, 40 minus 16, who are going to quit later on, You're not spending time with the 16 who stayed. And so you get into this cycle of always being in a recruitment stage, recruitment stage, recruitment stage. That means you're spending more time as a marketer instead of time as a coach, which is probably what you signed up for if you're like me. The key is to have a consistent strategy to marketing where you're doing maybe 10 things every month. You're doing them consistently well and you can systematize them so you can hand them off to another staff person to do it. In this case, you could do that with uh, one-on-one referrals. You could do this with newsletters. You could do this with about eight different strategies. And there are some samples listed in the show notes today. While you're holding nine things constant, though, you can play with the 10th. So if you're going to try a new you challenge or couch to CrossFit, which we did a few months ago, or fit it forward, you know, right after the open to capitalize on the feelings of accomplishment and well-being, those things are great. As long as you're just doing all the other things too. Because the last thing that you want to do is enter yourself into this cycle of recruitment, attempted retention, recruitment, attempted retention. That will wind up being your entire life and your entire career if you let it. There are some great notes on this about the brand action chart, the onboarding chart. We teach both of these things in the ramp up program if you're interested. And also the overarching philosophy of seeing between systems. One final word on systems Uh, Some people really need that black and white, do this, not that, to get some traction and get going. Uh, For some affiliates, that's all they need. They need to hear dogma. They need to hear repetitive, 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 do this, not that. This is the law. This is the rule. After a while, though, you're going to learn that, as Tommy did, there are no rules. And what might work for a little while probably isn't going to work forever. That's why we sell business mentoring instead of a business system, because At certain points in your career as a gym owner, different things will work better than other things. And at certain points, you know, uh, through this market of of CrossFit gyms, certain things are going to work. Tommy said he put up a sign in 2012 and got flooded. And now in 2016, that's not happening anymore. So he has to appeal to a different market a different way. And that's what a mentor does. It sees between these systems. 
guide you from one to the next when it's best for you. Different people have different experiences with a mentor. We don't blanket prescribe anything. Ramp up just kind of gets you to that foundational level where your gym is chugging along. And now you can start moving this piece, you know. So maybe that's here are nine things and here's how to hold them constant so that you can experiment with this 10th thing and your gym will be fine, not catastrophic uh, failure because you've done one thing and the other balls have all fallen. So to answer Megan's question, the best marketing tactic is really a marketing system that covers all the bases. Email marketing, Facebook marketing, social media, that, that might be part of it. Um, but most of our best clients are going to come through one-on-one interaction. And of course, there's a way to systematize that too so that you make sure that you're doing that every month. That's the show for this week. Next week, we're going to be talking a lot about how to integrate nutrition systems into your gym. This has been fantastically uh, successful for a lot of our affiliates. For their clients, they're getting better results. The affiliates are making more money. Frankly, it should be the bedrock of everything that we do. And how do you get over those small jumps of you know, behavioral modification in nutrition, uh, maybe legal problems in some states. Uh, how do you get over the jump of just doing recurring nutritional challenges into one-on-one? We're going to talk a lot about that next week. Uh, don't miss that show. For now, enjoy. Take 10 deep breaths after you hear this show before you call Tommy and Ken, and then do it if it suits you. <laughs>